Welcome to the segment of Soul, Silence, and Sound brought to you by Be Simply. Sometimes my hair's alright, I dwell on my past lives, act like I'm transcending. But I gotta do my best to do what mama says, not get offended. Gotta try to abide. Welcome to the segment of Soul, Silence, and Sound. This is Suzanne Toro, and this segment's brought to you by Be Simply. I want to thank you all for being here in this moment and would welcome each of you just to open up your heart, clear out your mind, and receive throughout this whole beautiful, fluid uh, talk into silence, into sound. And these talks, as mentioned, are here for you to engage with as you wish, to meet you where you are at. They're uh, given in real time, meaning that they're happening right now today when I'm posting this, and then uh, it meets what's being reflected in the world, outer world and inner world. So today we're going to talk about projections and perceptions and how it impacts our mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual being. Oftentimes, because it's human nature to want to explore, investigate, and understand there become these hiccups in our inner work and our outer work because of one's perceptions. And the perceptions are fed from many different aspects of your being, your eternal being, your imprints that are were laid on your physical being, emotional being, and your mental being in this lifetime. And those are intertwined with your karma, all of which you co-created for this moment in life. And then because of these things that in Tibetan tradition, uh, we refer to them as uh, Tibetan knots, karmic knots, uh, because of those, they create perceptions and projections. And so when one begins to work with the subconscious they will start to see their Achilles and understand that if someone has an attachment, meaning that in this moment they may have an understanding, but they want to make it absolute and without change, which is is an invalid perspective because the constant is change. So as we uh, co-create all of which is our perceptions and projections hopefully will change, <laughs> and our understandings will will change. And so we, when we anchor something in, especially a perception of yourself, uh, someone else, then that perception, <laughs> we have River contributing today in the background, <laughs> uh, that, that perception will hold until you are willing to examine it from another side. So let's say you leave uh, a situation and it could be a relationship, it could be work, it could be a habit that you have for yourself and you leave it and you decide to put it away. And like I said last week, I was talking about the walls people build. Hopefully you just like leave it there. 
yet if you haven't found resolution and reconciliation and made peace with whatever that is, when you come back and intersect that path again, you will have a perception that's based on that last moment that you left it off and potentially a projection that does not assist in seeing what is because it's changed, it's shifted. And in our society right now, uh, people are starting to attempt to figure out some of these things that were underlying that most of humanity wasn't aware. And it's basically this, that perception and projection, this dance within self that entangles others because our subconscious mind might be playing tricks on ourselves. We might have trauma. We might have wounds. All this complexity that creates uh, this moment. And if we look at it from a dualistic standpoint, good versus evil, which is uh, people are in absolute with what that is from all faiths. But if you just look at the energy of good versus evil, it's really quite simple. And as I've stated before, energy has no opinion, none, zero. It If it is laced with the intention or the the alchemy of something that is to juice someone up in the most purest form, no manipulation, versus uh, an energy that has uh, ju- been juiced up with manipulation, sadistic intentions, covert attentions. Those that's those two things playing out, and then they have something different underneath. And so as society is literally spiritually waking up, they're starting to see where the deceptions have been. And oftentimes those deceptions have been masked by the perception of something good or altruistic. However, there was something else happening or maybe it started that way, yet the the susceptibility within the human suit is that we grasp and we want something more. We're starting to feel the power of it. Therefore, we take on a different energy when we're sharing that with the world. And so if you look at the an, a neutral path, meaning walking the middle path, where you can balance those two forces, then they never become extreme, meaning that there's not uh, extreme highs and extreme lows, extreme uh, euphoria in the bliss, which is wonderful, and lows in the darkness of the underbelly of the beast. And once that's brought into center, it's much easier to navigate because it's not like, oh, do I really, you know, it's kind of like, oh, do I really want to go way over there or way over there? It's really this beautiful aspect that exists in that neutrality where I have shared with all of you about this, even in nature, if you go out in nature, it will balance your system rather rapidly. So this is so such a gift because no matter what you were destined to work out in this lifetime, you can always go take a pause. People say, well, when do I get there? I'm like, well, you can go right outside right now and sit down under a tree, lay down on the earth and get yourself back into neutral and reapproach. And I've used the analogy before, but people that are 
in a plight for mastery, whether it's athletics, art, uh, science, in the purest form, literature, they can blunder, but they will get themselves back to that center point so they can continue to create and refine. Uh, it's kind of the metaphor, get back up on the horse again. And so, um, you know, when I used to do stunts many moons ago on a squad, we would, um, if we, one of us fell, I fell several times, you got up and did it again as fast as possible. And the reason for is so none of that imprint sets in that we tend to, as humans in this moment on planet Earth, hold as fear. And so nature provides us all these abilities to come into such beautiful, beautiful balance with ourself and one another. So as we continue to explore this, and many people are looking to hack things and take the short route, it's really important to step back and acknowledge what is being perceived and projected from the inside to the outside world. And when we start to take accountability for what we're perceiving, this gives us the opportunity to make peace, reconcile, and refine our state of being as we are here on planet Earth. And so if imagine you've been with yourself all this lifetime, right? And many others. And so imagine you're here and you can recall some of the things you participated in in your past. Um, some might have been positive, meaning they're, they're building and feeding the energy and some are diminishing, but you remember your core essence. And you've also remember potentially how much you've transformed and evolved, or maybe this lifetime you're to hold homeostasis where you just stay uh, at a constant. Maybe this is your break lifetime. It's the lifetime where you get to be and enjoy and maybe to others it seems mundane. However, this is your rest period. No matter what your uh, destiny is in this lifetime, this is your opportunity to acknowledge, if you so to choose, that there is something that's constantly changing, whether it's the set, even if you remain the same or something that's building, diminishing, all different kinds of things that are happening in every given moment. And so flash forward, and the reason I'm building this up is that, say, down the road, you meet someone that you haven't seen in a while, and you start to have uh, an influence based on your past projection or perception of them in the present moment. Some people will shut people out, and just walk away and then they'll re-meet them and perceive that they're the same way they were when they left off. And if there was a misunderstanding that happened back when they discarded them, then it's like they have no bearing on even who this person was because they never gave that individual the opportunity to truly get to know them. And more than likely, if you yourself have done this, you haven't given yourself the opportunity to know yourself. And this is where people get triggered. They're pointing fingers and these uh, perceptions can get quite convoluted. 
And I feel deeply this is why uh, everyone's inspired to have these conversations about psychological pathologies, about uh, energies that are not building, ones that have been labeled toxic, all these things. But ultimately, it's very important that each and every one of us eventually remembers that all things run through all of us. And it's our choice to one, decide how we want to respond to the set and setting. It's our choice how we want to perceive it. And it's our choice how we want to guide it. And that that guiding is the projection. So if you've decided to perceive someone or something as quote unquote bad, you're projecting that into a space And then potentially other people are going to start to perceive this. And this is where uh, bullying can come from. This is where diminishing behavior can come from. This is where toxicity comes from because the self is not emotionally or spiritually mature enough to really look at that reflection, look at those emotions, look at that feeling that's happening there. Instead, it projects it quickly into the ecosystem to either gather attention, to deflect and not honor the inner self. It's actually rejecting the inner self. It's like, hey, I'm going to make a brouhaha over here. Nor is it showing any type of self-awareness for one's relationship to self and others. And listen, it's not easy because we're we're like little balls of energy knocking around with one another where we can't even begin to understand the where the where the tail started or where the it was it the chicken or the egg. It all gets convoluted. So it's really easy to get really prideful and feel like, "Oh, it's their fault." And the more you sit where you sit in your inner wounds, your traumas, and you realize like, whoa, I don't know where this originated from, yet I'm willing to see it through where I start to look at everyone's feed into the situation. And then the desire to project is less and less. The What happens is desire diminishes and the effort deepens around the observation of what is. And then action is led based on that observation. The action is led through altruism. Deeper you go into your inner landscape, you will be called into sincere service, not one to get attention, sincere service. So then in that moment, you have the opportunity to serve the dynamic energy that's in constant motion in and around you. And so as you continue to flow through this process with yourself, your perceptions will shift. And this is so powerful and so helpful because when you realize, you know, if you think back to maybe If you have teenagers or when you were a teenager, teenagers typically have some moments, maybe not all, but some moments where they devoutly feel they know something. And so when they know they are 
adamant. There's pride very present. And sometimes it gets so elevated that they can't back down from it. That even when they realize the truth, it's hard because their ego's like, oh, I was wrong, right? But as one developmentally changes, it ideally, <laughs> I say ideally, for the benefit of all, would become easier and easier to surrender, to soften the gaze, and to really call out when one was misdirected, mismotivated, uh, reacting uh, in a way that was coming from something long before here. And so as I'll tell my students when we go on retreat, and I'm sure I've mentioned before here, is that each and every one of us has the power of choice in the moment. Sometimes we will not have the fortitude to make the choice that is of greatest benefit for self and others because it'll swoop up and activate you in a way that sometimes is important because it's like a lightning strike that breaks open what needs to be seen. However, if there's other people in the room and they notice and observe this, they have the opportunity to actually assist once they've observed and are willing to see what is. See, we're living in a time in a society is that we enjoy looking at facades better than we enjoy getting to know one's soul. And we're all day long seeing projections leading to perceptions in and around us, through the media, through our interactions with one another, driving down the road, looking at our phones, all of these things create a manipulation that doesn't serve your highest and best. So if inspired, where you can go with this, is you can start holding yourself accountable when for your perceptions and ask yourself, test them. If you have a perception that's attached to a belief, not a knowing, test it, examine it, research it, get it into a knowing versus a belief. If you know someone, like say really, really well, you can believe in them. That's helpful. Like that's, that's supportive. But having a false belief in something that is for all intents and purposes, imaginary, creates a delusion. And even if you create an interface and a practice to engage with something that for all intents and purposes is imaginary, it's really important to keep your perception in check because energy can trick us. And this is what's been going on for many, many, many uh, generations is the projection into the space leads to the perceptions 
which leads to more projections and more perceptions. And so how you step out of that cycle is you so to, if you sort of choose is to actually step outside of the cycle, the samsara, the wheel of suffering, and start to observe. And then you'll know where you want to contribute, where you know you are destined to contribute. And that will remain your focus. No matter how many people come around and try to trip you up, your focus remains there. And it's such a beautiful opportunity for each and every person to remain in that space with self. So as we go into silent meditation, I want to just simply welcome you to, from for the next week or so, just have the observer with you at all times, as we've been talking about, but really look at your perceptions, walk around your perceptions. What are they rooted in? And is there uh, an energetic infeed into your mind, your physical body, your emotional body? Feel where it's expressing itself. Even if you could like pinpoint it using your physical body as the map. But remember that uh, there's meridians all through your body. So it's very helpful to see where that might be. And then notice if you have a perception about someone, something, or some place What are you projecting when you cross paths into the space? And so this this is literally your opportunity to direct and really build the world around you in a way that is for the benefit of all. And being that we seem attached to (laughs) uh, acting out action and drama, I encourage each and every one of you to think about what if you were living and building your masterpiece? What kind of imprint would that leave? What kind of efforts would that leave? And how would that start to redirect your attention to perceive that which can assist you in this life. And then, if you can withhold from projecting so you can see what spontaneously arises in and out, then you can observe with neutrality or love, compassion, empathy, and move into fluid action to assist in your great work and the great work of others. So as we go into this meditation, I welcome you to come up into an upright seated position. Taking a nice deep breath in. And then exhale out. Again, inhale. 
and exhale. Another one, inhale. And exhale. It cannot be heard. It is beyond. 
Taking a soft, gentle breath in and out of your physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual being. 
And then gently, without staying where your presence is, just recline into Shavasana, corpse pose, a.k.a. prone position on your back. Alternatively, you can curl up into the fetal position on the right or left side. And then gently from there, reconnect to your natural breathing pattern. Allow that to be your focal point as you lead into and receive these sound transmissions.
taking a soft, gentle breath in and out of your heart center. Gently breathing in and out. Again, inhale and exhale. Good. One more inhale. And exhale. Good. And as you gently just bring your awareness to your physical, mental, emotional body, just creating a little transition from the inner landscape to the outer world around you. And as inspired, I welcome you to observe self and continue to look at your perceptions and examine those perceptions and if possible be as conscious and aware of the projections that you are imposing into the world around you based on that perception And with your self-awareness and presence, you will be laying the foundation, ever-evolving foundation, to shape, serve, and assist the world around you from the inside out. Until next time, I want to thank Random Rab, Dante Marino, and Kadri Scott for contributing to this segment, and all of you for participating. This is Suzanne Toro signing out with a full heart, a soft gaze, a deep bow, and a namaste. Be simply Once again, I want to thank you all for being here today. And a special thanks to Randa Rab, Kadri Scott, and Dante Marino for contributing to this segment of Soul, Silence, and Sound. This has been brought to you by Be Simply. And as we exit out, you can stay for a little bit more. Kadri Scott, keep it local.
Patou.